the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. If we look to the answer as to why for so many years we achieved so much, prospered as no other people on earth, it was because here in this land we unleashed the energy and individual genius of man to a greater extent than has ever been done before. Those who say that we're in a time when there are no heroes, they just don't know where to look. The sloping hills of Arlington National Cemetery, with its row upon row of simple white markers, bearing crosses or stars of David, they add up to only a tiny fraction of the price that has been paid for our freedom. As for the enemies of freedom, those who are potential adversaries, they will be reminded that peace is the highest aspiration of the American people. We will negotiate for it, sacrifice for it. We will not surrender for it now or ever. We are Americans. This is the Bob France Authority on AM 1420. The answer. You know, I play that at the top of every hour on this program and have for the last couple of years. Uh, we've been doing this show for over five years now, and um, it's been about two years since I started playing President Reagan at the top of every hour. That last line there means something. We are Americans, and as such, we're a little bit different, quite frankly. We're a little bit different. Let's not say better, not in all cases. I think as a nation, we have been the greatest force for good in the history of this planet. But but as Americans, we're a little bit different. And one of the things that makes us different is when the time comes to come together, we unite. Now, sometimes it takes extremely dangerous situations to make that happen, post 9-11 as an example, and right now should be another. We unite. We come together to solve problems. We don't finger point and we don't blame when it when there is the health and the safety and the well-being and the preservation of our country, our people, and our way of life. When those things are at stake, we come together. And that is not happening all over this country right now. And that's unfortunate. But we are going to, on this show, endeavor to be that. We are going to bring people together. We have people of different viewpoints. Some people think this threat is no threat at all. Some people think the government is going far, far too far in trying to deal with this pandemic. Others say we are not doing nearly enough. We should shelter in place like Italy did and shut down completely before we become Italy. I am not censoring any points of view on this program. I want to hear from everybody, and I want to solve this problem together because we are Americans. I just I want you to think about that every time you hear President Reagan at the top of every hour of this show. All right, 12 minutes after 10 o'clock, let's bring on our guest, Dr. Everett Piper, who is, of course, um, a regular Thursday guest. He is the former president of Oklahoma Wesleyan University. He's a weekly columnist for the Washington Times. He's a pundit, a speaker, and a best-selling author as well. Dr. Piper, good to have you back on the program. How are you, sir? 
I am actually doing great, Bob. I hope you are, too. I am. I am indeed. Everybody is healthy and happy here, and uh, we're hoping to stay that way. And the only concern that I have right now is that in the process of trying to keep everybody healthy, which is admirable, which is exactly what our government officials should be doing, taking reasonable steps to keep people healthy, I'm worried sometimes, Dr. Piper, that perhaps the cure might do more harm to the American people than the virus itself, if we are not careful. What is your take on the way that the federal government, and if you want to go to your local or state government in Oklahoma, you may, on uh, the way they're responding to this crisis? Well, I want to, before I answer that question directly, Mm -hmm. I'd like to respond to your Ronald Reagan uh, uh, comments. Yes, sir. There's another quote of Ronald Reagan that all of us probably recognize, and it's this. Evil is powerless if the good are unafraid. One more time, evil is powerless if the good are unafraid. Let's go to the Bible. Be steadfast and immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. That's the Apostle Paul, St. Paul, to the Church of Corinthians. Be steadfast and immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. Let's go to the Old Testament, Joshua 1.9. Be strong and courageous. Be not afraid. Be strong and courageous. Be not afraid. Let's again go back to the New Testament. All things work together for the good of those that love the Lord. Let's go back to the Old Testament and the story of Joseph. What others intended for evil, God will redeem for good. We have a sovereign God. I'm a Christian. God has this. That sounds flippant and trite sounds like a a meme, but God has this. If we believe in a sovereign God, if we believe that God is God and that you are not and that I am not, we can rest easy and do our job. And frankly, my attitude right now is I'm going to listen to the wisdom of Rahm Emanuel and never let a good crisis go to waste, because this is an opportunity for the Church to rise up, to be bold and courageous, to do what Charles Spurgeon did during the cholera pandemic of 1854 in London, where he rose up, he spoke boldly, he served courageously, and he demonstrated the power of the kingdom and the promise of Christ that the gates of hell will not prevail against the Church. C.S. Lewis had a great, great essay that he wrote in 1948 at the onset of the Atomic Age, and he titled it, How to Live in an Atomic Age. And if you take the word atomic bomb out of, the, out of his essay and replace it with coronavirus or COVID-19, it is a perfect essay for a hard time. And he, fi- he basically says this, if the virus is to come upon us, then let it come and find us doing san- sane and human things such as serving and praying and bathing the children and enjoying friendship and fellowship and worshiping our God. If the virus is going to get us, then let it get us acting like men rather than like sheep cowering in the corner. Thank you, C.S. Lewis. He wrote of a time that was one of panic and fear, and he tried to instill confidence and courage. And Lewis knew from which he spoke. My land, the guy served in the trenches of World War I. He knew evil and what it was, and he, like Tolkien, understood the battle of good and evil within our culture and within our times. He understood that we battle against powers and principalities. We battle against ideas and viruses, things that are unseen as well as things that are seen. But we can have confidence in the Church 
the gates of hell will not prevail against us. Never let a good crisis go to waste. This is an opportunity. It is not something that the body of Christ should be mouthed. I'm glad you went to the Bible, as you often do, as an evangelical. Um, and, and, and I want to ask you about your response to the left's response to the president. The president declared this past Sunday a national day of prayer to turn our attention to God and to ask for his intercession in, 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 uh, uh, in, in trying to alleviate the afflicti- afflictions that we are all suffering right now in various ways, those who are actually getting the disease, those who are dying from the disease, and those of us who are in great peril because of the response to those things, some of the government decisions. And so many on the left mocked that day of prayer. Um, David Hogg, who is famous for being uh, uh, an outspoken gun rights, or excuse me, a gu- anti-gun activist, he was one of the students at Parkland, Florida, um, uh, tweeted, and I quote, blank with the F word, your day of prayer. It was retweeted by one of our members of Congress, by Rashida Tlaib, blank your day of prayer. Um, I'm not saying that God is just going to send down a, a, a cleansing rain and wipe the coronavirus out if we all pray to him. But, but what does that say to you when so many people's hearts are hardened and filled with, with just disdain for the notion that we can turn to God in a time like this? It tells me, uh, well, first of all, I'm going to say something marginally derogatory. I mean, David Hogue, or Hogg, however you pronounce his name, yeah. uh, he knows nothing. He's a 21-year-old precocious, precocious uh, juvenile. He knows nothing. Um, and for to lead to retweet, F your prayer, is shameful. There's only one word I can think to describe it, and then I'll just be quiet. It's shameful. Now, let's get back to the facts of the virus that really is plaguing our country. I would argue it's not the coronavirus, it's not COVID-19, it's not any other virus, flu, or any other disease that you want to place upon uh, this discussion. The disease is is human selfishness, human sin, it is the arrogance of the human mind, it's the diabolical human mind, to quote M. Scott Peck, it is the pathology of the intellect, to quote Dr. Graham Walker, it is the debased mind, to quote St. Paul. It is us being given over to the worship of self rather than the worship of God, and the worship of government rather than the worship of God. And that is the sin. That is the pandemic. That is the disease. That is the virus. And this is the first pandemic. Apologies. This is the first pandemic. This is the first pandemic that actually. Um, is during the the social media age, and we are pushing it through our selfishness and our fear rather than our faith. And that is a great deal to do with what's going on. Dr. Piper, in your column uh, this week, and we're talking about some of it right now, but I want to be more precise. Uh, and, and and I want to give some context too. Your actual your actual headline is is cowboy up uh, cowboy up people context and. You write this, and this is going to be a little more challenging here, what we're talking about here, because the numbers have changed drastically since the writing of the column. As as of the writing of this column, 1,573 people have contracted the coronavirus in the United States. There have been 40 deaths in a nation of over 300 million people. Now, this was written, when, Friday, uh, I think, uh, Uh, of last week? A week 
a week ago today, basically. A yeah. week ago today. Okay, so so in that one-week time, we went from 1,573, as you quoted, to roughly 9,485 um, that has been, have been listed today, and uh, 40 deaths to 155 deaths. Would that not indicate, because those who are saying we need to take drastic steps that do indeed infringe upon the constitutional rights of people, we need to take drastic steps to slow that or stop that because of what we just pointed out, that in a week's time that number rose exponentially from 1,500 to over 9,000. I think that's fair. And when I said that a week ago, Mm -hmm. I knew that the number was going to go up. I knew that it was, I told my wife after I wrote it, it's going to double, it's going to triple, and then people are going to say, well, you downplayed the situation. But my point still stands, even today. If the number is 9,000 today, if it's 10,000 tomorrow, if it's twenty or 30,000 next week when we talk again on the radio, in context, which is the point of my column, in context, look at the flu. Look at the people who will get ill the elderly that will suffer respiratory failure, and the deaths associated with the flu. There are statisticians. One just published his data this morning from Stanford. This is no backwoods rube. This is no right-wing hatchet job. This is a guy from Stanford who's probably politically left who published his data today and said that by his estimates, statistically, this thing will not be the pandemic in the United States that we're fearful of. Now, that doesn't mean I'm going to go out and be disrespectful in a restaurant or disrespectful and be the guy that's Mm -hmm. out there trying to make a point and spreading my cold. I've got a cold right now. I've decided to cancel a few things because I don't want people nervous. I don't want them thinking you're the guy that's being arrogant and ignoring caution and common sense. No, I'm going to do my thing. I'm going to stay home. I'm going to enjoy my fishing pond. I'm going to enjoy my dogs. I am going to take the time off and read a good book and read the Bible. I'm going to relax and have confidence and courage rather than cower. That doesn't mean I'm ignoring the plight of those that are suffering any more than I would those that are suffering from other diseases that prevail in our land and in our culture at this time. Dr. Everett Piper is our guest on AM 1420, The Answer. We've got a couple of other things to discuss after this short time out right here on AM 1420, The Answer. Hello, I'm Ohio Governor Mike DeWine. We need all Ohioans to help us slow the spread of the coronavirus. For the most up-to-date information, please visit our website at coronavirus.ohio.gov. Or call 1-833-4-ASK-ODH, seven days a week. Furnished by Governor Mike DeWine. Aired by the Ohio Association of Broadcasters and this station. Okay, we're coming back a little early here to give a little bit more time to Dr. Everett Piper, our regular guest at this hour on Thursdays. Dr. Piper, um... Real quick, going back to the Bible before I ask you about um, an extraordinary, you mentioned uh, a, a political biases and, and the partisanship between left and right in this thing, and I'm going to ask a crazy question from a crazy person uh, or about a crazy person, but there's something floating around. I'm not a biblical scholar. I cannot quote chapter and verse, So, and I hate to put you on the spot, but this is what is floating around that I found of great interest. 
Um, it's looks like it's being credited to First Kings nine um, thirteen, perhaps. And tell me if this is accurate to your knowledge. Um, whenever I hold back the rain, or this is God apparently appearing to King Solomon. Whenever I hold back the rain, or send locusts to eat up your crops, or send an epidemic on my people, if they pray to me and repent and turn away from the evil they have been doing, then I will hear them in heaven, forgive their sins, and make their land prosperous again. Is that real Bible, or is that Internet Bible? No, I think that's a—I I believe that's an actual quote, and I think it's accurate. And it, I, I think it's a— I think it's a derivative or a uh, different translation of if my people will call upon my, if my people will humble themselves and call upon my name, I will hear their voice from heaven and I will heal their land. I'll repeat that. If my people will humble themselves, humble themselves and repent and call upon my name, I will hear them from heaven and I will heal their land. So the Bible does make it clear that God judges our sin. But God and that God does um, allow, if not cause, depending on your theology and the perspective of given passages, God does allow, if not cause, natural disaster as a punishment for a wayward nation and for sinful people. Um, that is an irrefutable fact of Scripture. I am not claiming that the coronavirus is uh, God's uh, specific initiation and judgment on us. I am saying, as a Bible-believing Christian, as an evangelical, and I think most Orthodox Christians and conservative Catholics, etc., would agree with what I'm going to say right now, God is sovereign. He's in charge. He can either cause it or he can permit it. I don't know which. I can't read his mind. It really doesn't matter. These types of things need to be responded to with courage and faith, not with panic and fear, with humility and repentance not with arrogance and F your prayers, like Hogue and like Tlaib. These types of things are an opportunity for the body of Christ to rise up and say, you know, it's time for us to humble ourselves before God and repent of our arrogance and our selfishness and our sin, and if in his grace and sovereignty he chooses to give us a reprieve, we will thank him for it. That's the attitude, I believe, with which we should approach passages such as you just read i'm glad i asked because i like i said i wasn't sure you know how these things sometimes get uh, photoshopped or whatever and people claim there's this is a passage and i didn't know if it was real so thank you great explanation too now i mentioned a crazy person i wanted to get your thoughts on this jennifer rubin who used to be a conservative or at least she proclaimed to be i don't know if she ever was she is clearly not that she is a washington post columnist who is as left as left comes she proclaimed last week on msnbc that there are going to be more Democrat deaths, or excuse me, fewer Democrat deaths, rather, from coronavirus than Republican deaths. Now, I've been told, or we have been told by everybody in government, that this disease stops at no one. It is not partisan. It doesn't just afflict men or women. It afflicts both men and women. It doesn't afflict Republicans and Democrats. It afflicts everyone, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. I, I don't know if I've seen anything quite as divisive in a time in which we need national unity as a statement like this. Yeah, absolutely. We should be unified, and we should just uh, tell people to stop. Whether they're conservative or progressive, tell them to stop. Stop the divisive rhetoric. Come together, my land people. Cowboy up, contact, come together, be men, don't don't act like children. I need to be quick here. 
her comments. I responded to that in a tweet, and I said, Jennifer, I'm a Republican, and I'm a Christian. I live a biblical life, and because I do, I don't worry much about emphysema. I have zero concerns about STDs, and frankly, I think I'll probably weather this coronavirus quite well, too. Thanks a bunch for your concern. I just think it's deplorable what she said, and as a conservative, people listening need to understand that the Bible gives us some prescriptions for being healthy. It's not a guarantee, but it's a principle that if you live a given way, and you the, the, the reason for dietary habits and the reason for other things that God prescribes, frankly, are just to keep us healthy. Likewise, in this case, we need to exercise common sense, like washing your hands, hygiene, biblical hygiene, and take care of yourself and exercise and eat well. And you know what? Odds are you're going to be okay. And I'll just throw it in to kind of bring it full circle and maybe just throw a prayer or two up God's way and let him know we would really appreciate your intercession. We would really appreciate you hearing our voices uh, despite our sinful nature because that is exactly what we should be doing. Rather than asking for government intervention and rather than asking for government control, how about we offer a prayer of God for our salvation and uh, and know that everything will be all right. Uh, Dr. Edward Piper. Dr. Everett, well, I got an amen. I got an amen from Dr. Piper. I will take that. Thank you, my friend. I appreciate the opportunity to talk with you, and we'll do it again next Thursday. All right. Blessings this week. Thank you, sir. 1030, news time. We are guest-free the rest of the way, so let's do this thing together. 216-901-0945, 888-281-1110. The Bob Grant's Authority back after this. This is all happening at a time that we're starting to see a message shift here because you're starting to hear the Republicans, especially Trump Co., calling it the Wuhan or the Chinese coronavirus. They're looking for someone to blame. Concern is growing this morning over an outbreak of a new SARS-like virus in China. At least six people have died from the Wuhan coronavirus. The Wuhan coronavirus. The Wuhan coronavirus. The 34-year-old ophthalmologist diagnosed Saturday with the Wuhan coronavirus. The Wuhan virus. The Wuhan coronavirus. The Wuhan coronavirus. What more can you tell us about the similarities or differences between SARS and the Wuhan coronavirus? The Wuhan coronavirus. The Wuhan coronavirus in China. The Wuhan uh, coronavirus. The Wuhan coronavirus. And the Wuhan uh, coronavirus. Wuhan coronavirus. Fears continue to grow over the outbreak of the Wuhan coronavirus. Wuhan coronavirus. The Wuhan coronavirus. The Wuhan coronavirus. We have new information about how the Wuhan coronavirus is spread. Tying coronavirus to China and Chinese people isn't just a racist dog whistle. It's a whole racist orchestra. It's a mighty, mighty racist bass tone. I hear Stephen Miller in this foreign virus setting up Travel bans for the outside invasion of the disease? That's not the, the way Chinese coronavirus yeah, that they've been that's not the first U.S. case of Chinese coronavirus. The Chinese 
coronavirus. Uh, this is coming as the Chinese coronavirus. China's coronavirus outbreak. China's coronavirus outbreak anxiety. The death toll nearly doubles in China's coronavirus outbreak. China's coronavirus. Just how bad is China's coronavirus crisis? China's coronavirus outbreak. China's coronavirus outbreak. China's coronavirus outbreak. China's coronavirus. China's coronavirus. China's coronavirus. China's coronavirus. Concerns about the China coronavirus. It's going to come across to a lot of Americans as smacking of xenophobia, to use that kind of term. Um, I'm never going to stop playing that. Two minutes and seven seconds of all left-wing media. CNN, CBS, ABC, PBS, and NBC, all left-wing media. They were calling it the Chinese virus before it was cool. Oh, I'm sorry. They were calling it the Chinese virus before they declared it to be racist when Donald Trump says it. That's how you know you can never repeat never ever trust the mainstream media or the left-wing media to tell you the truth their agenda trumps everything john in chardon you are on am 1420 the answer good morning good sir go right ahead yeah a uh, question bob is is you is your church open no 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 church none, none of the Close churches down. that i'm aware of are even open okay all right well, I wanted to tell you about or ask you about that. Then I wanted to tell you a little bit about the. Why are you are you aware of churches that are open? You've heard, right, John? That that, that essentially yeah. all churches have been closed, and same thing. Guidance uh, following the guidance or the orders of the governor, et cetera, et cetera. And the Catholic Church has said there is dispensation for all masses. Everyone is dispensed. Do not have to go to mass. In fact, they're not going to conduct them. I don't believe, between now and through Easter Sunday. That's a horrible thing to think about, that we can't go to Mass on Holy Thursday or Good Friday or Holy Saturday or, or Easter Sunday, but that is what the Catholic Church has said. Yeah, well, two things. I'm Protestant, okay. and number two, I'm down here in Florida. And okay. um, I, I think they're still up and running, uh, uh, but I'm not sure. I haven't. That could have changed, and I haven't, uh, haven't updated it, but, but we'll see. I would imagine, but, uh, and I don't know this, and you're in Florida, so I don't know what uh, Governor DeSantis down there has deemed, but I, I feel like because of the, the, the no, no groups larger than, 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 uh, than 100 in Ohio, and the president says, even though it's not an edict, the president says, do not gather in any groups larger than 10. I would imagine Protestant churches, Catholic churches, synagogues, uh, mosques, I would imagine all of them are pretty much off limits to any services. At least that's, that, they're not even letting people have funeral services. They're not even letting people go through wow. their weddings in churches, uh, because of, uh, because of this thing. So I would imagine it's not yeah. just the Catholic church. But anyway, what was your other point? Well, the other point was talking about the stock market. Uh, okay. I mean, it's been in free fall. And, uh, you know, the, the idea is, of course, uh, buy low and sell high. But my man, uh, my advisor is saying, and I quote, keep your powder dry because it's, it's way down. But if you buy now, tomorrow you may be losing money. You know? Yeah, it's gonna because it's gonna so, keep going down for a while until they get a until they get a real handle on this thing and put people back to work until they open businesses back up and there's confidence that the American consumer. You know, here's the thing, you, you John, and I'm glad you brought this up and thank you for the phone call from Florida. Keep listening, my friend. Uh, here's the thing: the government 
is going to answer this by giving all of this money. We're going to get two checks. It looks like one in April and one in May, and it's going to be so that we can deal with the effects of the coronavirus, the Wuhan coronavirus. It's going to be so that we can buy supplies, we can buy medication, we can pay for our co-pays and our deductibles and this and that and the other that are all going to be a result of this thing, right? How are we going to use that money to buy supplies if everything is closed? How are we going to spend that money if businesses aren't manufacturing things anymore? How are we going to use that money if essentially American commerce is brought to its knees? And and it kind of is. That's the point here. And again, I'm not suggesting this is an easy call. But I, I do think that we have to balance, that our government has to balance, that their physicians that they're listening to, the lab coats, as some people call them, have to balance responsible Healthcare and preventative measures for people and American commerce and the American economy. Because one can lead to just as many deaths, if not more than the other, believe it or not. And that's what we all have to consider. And I'm asking all of our uh, governmental, uh, governmental officials to be very careful about. Maureen in Parma is next on AM 1420, The Answer. Hi, Maureen, go ahead. Oh, good morning, Bob. Hold on. You've got a speakerphone here. That's a pretty good speakerphone. You sound clear. Oh, well, good. I'll keep it up. Um, yes, um, I agree with all your guests today. I thought, you know, uh, Zanotti really hit all the points that um, logical people are thinking. But it is what it is right now. We don't really understand it. Uh, Fear is kicking in. But, you know, we've always known that an ounce of prevention is worth a pound of cure. And unfortunately, there's a lot of prevention out there that is really good and has not really been disseminated to the general public so we don't find ourselves in a place like this but um such as such as what do you have something in mind maureen like what what kind of prevention has not been made uh, uh, available oh, to the public well um <clears throat> i've been studying this for a long time my my husband and i had a business once where we dealt with air quality issues and mold remediation things like that right we were really trained in you know things that you would do as a solution and there is technology it's ozone-generating equipment that has been proven uh, to work against every virus, fungus, mold, pathogen immediately and with no side effects. And it's, it used to be more expensive to come down in price. Ironically, our business fell away because all the products are made in China now. Uh, you know, so that's ironic. Let but me let me bring this up just as a question, um, Maureen, because I'm not familiar with the tech you're talking about um, and and what filtering uh, you know process there might be that you're describing that would be effective against all airborne things. But we're not talking necessarily just about airborne, right? I know it is possible. They say that it lives in the air for 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 a period of nine hours um, and people can walk through it. But largely, what the the doctors are all saying is that this is physical. Um, uh, transferal of the disease, that you touch it someplace, then you touch um, a mucous membrane, whether it be your mouth, your nose, or your eyes. That's the only way, or it's the predominant way that it's getting in. Would the tech you're talking about stop that? Absolutely. And it's actually been researched by Dr. James Martin, who was a uh, working for the Department of Homeland Security. He's in charge of um, all kinds of safety issues, when Chipotle had those problems with some kind of contamination, he right. came in and worked for them and took care of all that. Uh, he's, that was a food uh, contaminant, if I, if I remember right, wasn't it? Wasn't that a food yeah. contaminant? Yes, but you have to understand how simple 
it is for any one of one's enemies to destroy your country, your health, your business with a little vial of something. I mean, it's so easy, it's ridiculous. And That's true. The, the only protection, this technology is well known uh, by people. Most food you know, processing plants use it. Uh, lots of hospitals around the world are using it. Uh, but because we have a system that loves revenue, uh, they're not so willing to use it in healthcare. And but you know I, we've known about it. Uh, you can Google you know and look up James Martin. But the Department of Homeland Security actually recommended in the 90s that every home and business have this equipment in the case of bioterrorism. And we should have had a long time ago. And instead of like closing down every business and industry, we should be dropping these off at every doorstep. That's what preparedness should have been in our country, you know. But of course, right. we know everything's been mismanaged forever, and money's been disappearing out the back door uh, everywhere. You know, we don't know where it's going, but it's not going where it should go. So this destroying the whole economy over something. We're all going to die. There's no avoiding that. And if you're older, you're more likely to die. And if you've got a lot of underlying diseases because you smoked or didn't take care of your health, that's reality. We don't want to make it worse, but to close everything down, my only thought is our poor president looks so stressed and so tired. He must know something we don't know. But so you know, I didn't want to. I don't. I don't know. I don't know if I would go that far. But I will say this, Maureen, and I apologize for the interruption. But I have to get more people on, so I'm going to thank you for the call and the great information too. I agree. Our president looks tired and he looks stressed because he is carrying the weight of all of this on his shoulders. It's unfair how much of the burden he is shouldering. But I will tell you this: I don't know that I've ever seen. And, I, and this isn't just hey, let's let's prop up the president. I'm being real here. I don't know that I've ever seen a president with the stamina that this guy has for all of this and for everything he has been. I mean, this is a guy who's going to rallies for three straight nights, then traveling to Europe for a conference, and then back and not missing his next Oval Office meeting. It's, I mean, he's just tireless. And people will make fun of him. Oh, he golfs all the time. He golfs once in a blue moon. I mean, if you look at it proportionally compared to everything that he does, um, and, you know, he's, he's in his 70s, he's overweight, and yet he is a bulldog on all of these things. Is he wearing some tiredness on his face? Yeah, he kind of is. But I'll tell you what, there's nobody else more that I would trust to put everything he has into doing this the right way than Donald Trump. His stamina is unbelievable. He is going to every corner of the globe to look for solutions. He is bringing in people onto that um, coronavirus response team that Mike Pence heads up. Every uh, avenue of of the medical fields, uh, of the scientific fields, of the you know the the World Health Organization officials. I mean, just about everybody you can think of. And he is doing everything he can. And the idea that he is being, instead of praised for all of his valiant efforts in this terrible time, and he did get praised a little bit. I told you I played this for you yesterday. Dana Bash from CNN actually gave him a great deal of praise. And even Joe Scarborough, believe it or not, Morning Joe, was impressed by the president for the last couple of days for the leadership he is showing and the decisions he's making. But largely, he is still being criticized, saying he was unprepared and saying that um, his uh, his answer 
uh, to all of this is to have a national day of prayer. And, and that's it. Oh, and by the way, he's a racist for calling it the Chinese virus. I, I'll tell you what, I, I'm, I'll go to war with this guy against this enemy and others any day of the week, honestly. All right, quick time out. Back with more calls after this. Riders on the storm. Riders on the storm. Into this house we're born. Let's take a few more phone calls here before the top of the hour as we continue coverage, discussion, analysis, sharing thoughts and ideas on how and why. And, oh, by the way, real quick, um, this just came up. Japanese, this is on our, on our uh, uh, WHK AM 1420, the answer Facebook page is where I saw this one. I'm going to share it, too. There's a Japan, excuse me, a Japanese flu drug that is being described as clearly effective in treating coronavirus. Will this speed up a cure and or a vaccination against this drug, which we are being told is anywhere between 8 and 18 months away? I hope so. A Japanese flu drug is proven to be effective in treating the coronavirus in early trials, according to reports Wednesday. Medical authorities in China said they tested the antiviral drug, and there's a name I can't say, on excuse me, 340 patients and found it reduces recovery time and improves lung condition of patients, according to The Guardian in the UK. Infected patients who were given the drug in Wuhan and Shenzhen tested negative for the virus after a median of just four days, compared with a median of 11 days for those who were not treated with the drug, the outlet reported, citing public broadcaster NHK. It's a high degree of safety and clearly effective in treatment. So it's a Japanese flu drug being tested in China, and showing very positive results. So that's, uh, I want to share good news, because guess what? We have to work uh, in a positive uh, manner in getting, uh, in getting, you know, in dealing with all of this. BJ, in North Olmstead, next. Hi, BJ, go ahead. Thank you, Bob. Two brief points. Uh, there was a virus released along with this other one that people have to be more aware of, and it's more dangerous. It's called the virus of fear, particularly the virus of false fear. Now, my second point is that Donald Trump, within seven days, is going to release a statement that's going to wake up people politically. It's going to be a political revelation about what's going on. Because one thing Donald Trump does, can't hold back, he can't hold back the truth. And I think he's going to unveil something that's going to wake up the American public. But be very wary of the fear virus. Do, do you have, do you have, do you have, BJ, do you have a thought on what that might be? The fear what do you think what, he's going to reveal? Well, yes, I do. Sure. I think he's going to reveal some political issues that have to do globally that right now I think he's kind of being held by the throat on some things, but he can't be held very long. You can tell by some of his restlessness when he's speaking to the public. He's on the edge of saying something very, very major that is going to awaken that this is, this is the one-world government effort to try and shut down things and see if they can contain people. And I think he's going to tell people to get the hell out. Take your, you're better taking your chances with this flu than you are with being imprisoned in your own homes, in your own country, especially the freest one in the world. That's the revelation I think he's going to give us, and God willing, it comes soon. Thank you for your time. Thank, thank you, uh, BJ. I appreciate the phone call. Let me go to uh, AC in Cleveland, AM 1420, The Answer. AC, go ahead. Bob, you were talking with uh, <clears throat> uh, your guest in the last half hour, and you mentioned 
1 Kings 9 that was quoted by some organization as being God was going to restore something to the United States? Well, it was basically saying that if I send locusts to eat your crops, or if I do this or if I do that, your answer is to pray to me and show me that you repent your sins, and, and, and all will be well. It was, and I'm paraphrasing vastly what that said. I asked that of Dr. Oh. Piper, and he said it's pretty close. Okay, well, 1 Kings 9 does not say that. I got it right in front of me, and it does not say anything about locusts or restoring things. It talks about judgment. It talks about cutting off Israel out of the land if they disobey God and go after other gods. It's nothing about locusts. Okay, well, so, like I said, I, I you know, doc, and thank you for the call, AC. I appreciate that. Dr. Piper is my guy as far as being a biblical scholar. Uh, he did not say that what I said was there verbatim. He said it's pretty close, and he quoted... I don't know if he quoted First Kings 9, but he quoted something that was very similar to what that quote was going around. As I asked him, I said, is that real Bible or is that Internet Bible, somebody making up something? He said, no, it's real, but it wasn't exactly like that, and he read a better quote of it. Uh, in fact, we'll probably try to grab that for tomorrow as we uh, uh, come back for the uh, Free For All Friday show. Tomorrow's Free For All Friday show will be a lot of what we have done over the course of the last four days, by the way, and I hope you'll join us then. Have a great day. Bye-bye. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.